All right. So I'm so excited for today's episode. I have Jess here from Aruka Healing. I will get you to introduce yourself and just give a little bit of a, a little summary of what Aruka is and your modality as well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm Jess Ainsworth. Um, Aruka is, I guess, like for me, it actually started out as like a business name before it turned into a modality. So I studied so many different modalities healing was always like well not always probably from like 1920 healing was like an obsession for me it was like it wasn't i never thought of it as a career it was just like this is just this is just my passion like i would read books and i did courses i did like theater nlp hypnosis i did all of these different eft tft tapping like i just was like so obsessed with like how we heal and how like one thing works for one person and it doesn't work for another person and why that thing worked i'm like i get that it works but why 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 <laughs> like obsessed yeah. with the why and so i just kept studying and studying and building up all this knowledge and anytime there'd be a gap where i would like be like yeah that's good but it doesn't cover this or i would i, I was just always kind of mm. this thing that's just going to fully heal you. And so, it, yeah, it was like more of an obsession and I was studying all these things. And then I sold my, I had a wedding and events company and like a side business, sister business to that, which was like a luxury portable toilet. And I sold those off and I was like, I'm going to take a break for a while. And then like my, I think my mom was like, why don't you just do like some healing sessions? Like you're really good at it. You've done all these studies. Like why don't you just do some healing mm. sessions for 50 bucks, whatever. And so I started doing these healing sessions and I had people coming and it was like $50 a session. And I was like stoked to get my 50 bucks and I'd spend an hour, hour and a half with them. And what I was doing was just like, it was like nothing that I've learned, but everything that I've learned, if that makes sense. Like it was like the, the, um, I wasn't using like any specific techniques or words. I was just using my knowledge and understanding of like how healing actually works at a really core level and I was making sure that I was covering off all of the different elements, whether it's energy um, and shifting energy in the correct way on whether it was like working with their brain, the words that their brain needed to hear, putting them into the correct brainwave. How can I take them even deeper into that brainwave to work with the subconscious? Mm. Um, how can I regulate their nervous system? How do I process a memory? All of that came into play and I was just kind of doing my own thing. And it literally just went from there. So like then someone told someone who told someone and I started getting busy. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to put my prices up to deter people. So then it was like $90 and it just kept going up mm -hmm. to the point where I got to like, I don't know, it was like a few hundred clients. Um, and I had, I literally had so many people in my DMs, like I'm suicidal, I'm struggling, I can't deal. Mm. Um, all these people contacting me and I was like, there's no way that I can see all these people. Like I'm just one person. And then one of my friends was like, you need to like write down what you do. Cause it's not like anything mm. else. Like you need to write it down. Um, so you can teach somebody and then you can have someone to refer on. So it started out as that. And then I was like, oh, fuck, this is a whole course. <laughs> and then she was like, make it into a course and I'll buy it. And she was the first one to buy it. And then um, that's Bridie. And so yeah. And then like from there, I was like, well, I may as well keep like 
keep like expanding and get other people and yeah. it's just like totally like naturally happened there was never like I'm gonna have a healing modality <laughs> yeah well what an intro I mean I've already got so many things that come <laughs> from that like that's massive um for those that don't know I've done Jess's certification so I've done the healers academy and I did that after doing like all the things you've mentioned, like done the hypnosis courses, the EFT, the NLP twice, like all these different things. And what, before I go into that, cause that's probably more of a lengthy <laughs> one, Aruka means, and I love this and I see, yes. cause I've, Nirvana for me, Nirvana is, you know, enlightenment and Aruka, it means paradise within, right? Paradise within, yeah. Aruka yeah. Is paradise and Ka is like your soul. So it's like paradise mm-hmm. within yourself. Yeah. And that's yeah. Like, instead of searching for it out there, which we're always doing like, oh, I can't yeah. have a holiday or the next job. It's like finding that paradise inside yourself. And yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause yeah, I, I called Nirvana, Nirvana art house. Cause it's like everyone's searching for that, that bliss, that enlightenment. That's what like Nirvana is about. So it's so cool. Um, yeah. There's a few things that I want to touch on. Like I love it. It obviously happened so organically for you. And there's that piece in there that you, like when you started, you were so stoked to charge like $50 and then it just organically went up. And that's like such a cool point to think about as well, because especially as like coaching and healing becomes so popular, I feel like some people might do like a four week course and they're like, oh, yep, I'm just, I'm going to charge a thousand dollars for an hour. And it's just, it doesn't like, it doesn't come from like the first, I love how you first had that obsession kind of piece as well. And like, I can, yeah, relate to being so, so, so obsessed with like learning and stuff before even thinking like, oh, do I want to do this? It just happened so, so naturally, which is really cool. And then, so with your modality, what I love about it, obviously I preach about it. Um, you, cover all angles instead of just working with the mind or just working with the body or just working with energy could you go into that and and why you do that and why it's important to to combine the energetics with the somatic and the subconscious work yeah yeah i think for me it was like i'd noticed that if someone someone would be like right like breath work is amazing it's the best thing ever it's going to completely heal you it heals trauma you know it's just it's amazing for everything whatever and then someone else would be like oh it didn't really work for me and Mm. then someone else would say the same thing for hypnotherapy it's amazing it'll change your life and someone else would be like oh yeah i did hypnotherapy but it didn't really work for me and i was always just like why is it working for one person and not the other and it took me a long while to figure it out but it was basically that we need to heal on all of these different levels. So like if you're just working with the mind, like I can work with someone's mind and they can have zero fucking emotion. Like I can, they can tell me traumatic memories. I could process that memory um, and we could we could shift that just in the mind. But that energy is still trapped in their body. That mm. emotion from that memory is still trapped in their body. And until they can access that, they're still going to struggle. And this is what I was finding. Like people would, their brains would be better, but their bodies would still be reacting because their body, your body and your brain, whilst they are connected, are quite separate as well. Mm. And so what I believe was happening is people were, say, doing the hypnotherapy, oh, it doesn't work. 
then they would go and do Reiki, oh, it helped a little bit, but it didn't work. Oh, then they do this other thing. Then they do this course and then they do breath work and then they feel it all. Yeah. And they're like, that's the thing that worked. But I can guarantee you that if they just went to breath work and they started with breath work, they'd be like, it's mm. good, but it's like not everything because they've still got a fucked up brain that's not like that's yeah. these limiting beliefs and they're not integrating anything. So it was more like the order in which they did it mm. or the fact that they eventually did everything that they needed to heal. And I was like, fuck, how good would it be if you could just do that in one session? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's why I cover all the bases. I know that you need to shift the energy for the spiritual side. You need to reprogram the mind. You need to close off those like implicit open traumatic memories, but you also need to purge the emotions. You need to ask the body what way it wanted to move, you know, and start to envision and act that yeah. in your mind. Um, you need to breathe. You need to get the emotion out. All of that together is just like fucking magic. Like if you can do all that at once, that's just like, next level <laughs> yeah and, and there's that piece as well like how your brain is gonna like your brain's not gonna feel safe if your body and your nervous system is like not in in that state right if your body doesn't feel safe your brain's just gonna be like fuck off fuck off like there's that um like critical faculty that's just like i'm not gonna take in anything i'm not even gonna drop into that state yeah and your brain like even if you have worked on your brain and you're like i'm safe i'm safe but you've got a dysregulated nervous system with like a really small window of tolerance where you know your your nervous system is just cooked because of long-term stress mm. even if you fix your brain every morning your body is going to go through those same motions and so as you would have remembered maybe from the course 80% of information is being sent from the body up to the mind. So it's all good to do hypnotherapy and it's mm -hmm. super powerful to work with your beliefs, but mm. you have to be regulating from a body perspective as well, because if you're shaking or your heart rate is really fast or you're sweating or you're going through those motions, that's, that's sending a message up to your brain saying something's wrong, like on a visceral level, something's wrong. Yeah. Your brain is then going to try and place it. It's going to be like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, I think it's, you know, I'm stressed about money at the moment and it'll make up problems that aren't actually yes. to match the feeling. So this is where I was like, you need to fix the body and the mind at the same time, because if you do it out of whack, it's just going to keep you in the fucking circle because your brain's either going to be triggering your body or your body's going to be triggering your brain. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And there's that, oh, I just slipped my mind what I was going to say. Yeah, you have to rewire the, the neural pathways of your brain, which a lot of people talk about. But our body also has memory and we're also rewiring our body because it, it also has like its patterns and its behaviors just as your brain has the patterns and behaviors. So it's like if you're working on one and not the other, like what you just said, like your brain can still be freaking out or your body will be freaking out. And then your brain makes up a reason why it is and, and like vice versa. And it's like this mess and it's a hamster wheel that you can keep going around and around. Oh, for sure. And then you can re, you know, re-trigger yourself. And yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It, really is, it really is a vicious circle. And I think nervous system and understanding implicit memory um, was really like a really big turning point for me because it was like, oh, this is why we're fixing the memories and the beliefs and everything, but people are still getting anxiety and depression and things like that because their body, their nervous system is still going through those same motions because it's even though you've fixed it in the brain, the body still thinks it's going through that that situation. Yep, yep. And like the whole point on like repressing stuff in your body, that's 
I mean, like that's like a whole another conversation, but how how the, the energy gets like stuck in your body and then you're just like manifesting disease and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you need to have an outlet for that as well and like let it out and instead of, I mean, because I love how you you intertwine all the modalities and well, in your modality, but you also bring in spirituality and intuition but not in a way that allows you to like spiritually bypass. And could we go into that? How people are like, Oh, I'm like healing now. I'm spiritual now. I'm conscious now. And I don't act like that. So then they're forcing themselves to transcend a pattern or behavior, but they're not really transcending it. They're just forcing themselves out of it. And then they're therefore like repressing like all this, all this angle, whatever it is. And it's just getting stuck in their body. Yes, that's like um, because you did consciousness revolution with me as well. Yes, yes, <laughs> we put, we've done all the things. So you, that was where I talked about the stages of healing, and this is again mm. something that I discovered over time and have kind of like developed. Is that I believe, and again, this is my perspective, right? My my observation with clients, but I believe that there there is these like three stages in healing. So there's this stage where we have a realization that healing is possible, right? Because most people just walk around like fucking, oh, this is shit and life is shit. And someone's like, you should read this book. And they're like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Oh, you should try it. Yeah, nah, And they just don't mm-hmm. hear it, don't listen, doesn't register. They just, they just in the pain. They're too in the pain that they never realize. Mm-hmm. And then something happens and they go, I'm going to try, I'm going to try something. I'm going to try. And they have whether it's a rock bottom whether they meet the right person that introduces them to something for everyone it's different but stage one is realization that healing is even possible yeah stage two then is the work it's like the feeling all of your feelings healing your traumas it's reprogramming your belief systems it's in essence working with the ego because it's like you go you're going to move from the ego of like i'm not enough i'm worthless i'm hopeless ideally too like i'm fucking amazing i'm awesome life is epic i can be whatever i want to be then you've got spirituality which if you move into that stage three is like also it doesn't matter (laughs) like it doesn't matter if i'm fucking epic and awesome and amazing because i just am and i just exist and we're all just here living this life and even that epic amazing version of me is still just ego but that's like Mm -hmm. part of my humanness and that's what i'm meant to be here to do but i'm also spiritual and so we have like this beautiful i am everything to i'm nothing Yes, I'm God and I'm nothing. Like but we never really, really reach the I am nothing because that's where ego right. doesn't exist and that's reaching nirvana, which is enlightenment, which we won't on planet Earth. Which we won't if we want to live the way that we're living, like unless you want to yeah. be a monk in the forest and you completely yeah. surrender your identity. But like yeah. I like having an identity and I like being human and I like living in this Mm -hmm. world i just want to make it work for me and feel really good yeah what happens is people have realization and they have in stage one and they have this realization and then someone's like you should read this book by buddha or you should read this book about Mm -hmm. buddhism or spirituality or whatever or come to this spiritual group and they go straight to like release of the ego and hand on heart (laughs) yeah hand on heart see you i feel you i'm witnessing you i love you we're just light love beings Mm -hmm. they completely skip this stage which to me 
is a form of dissociation, right? Yes, yeah. It's checking out of their humanness and they're mm. in this like woo-woo, beautiful dream spiritual land. Yeah. They've just skipped all the fucking pain. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and what happens, I think there's a quote in the course where I was like, when they get knocked off their meditation stool and back mm. into reality, mm. they're fucking suffering and they're struggling. I, I could relate this, relate to this in being this, but also seeing this. I remember when I had my very, very strict spiritual protocol and I'd be like meditating my room for hours. <laughs> the point of meditation was for me to be in a certain, you know, in state or whatever the fuck. And I remember a, a few times this happened like years ago, <laughs> like someone would knock on my door or like someone would interrupt me and I'd be like, fuck off, I'm fucking here. <laughs> like what the fuck like i'm here like and then i just go back to my calm like, <laughs> state. and i like see that now i like i look that, back at that now i'm like okay like i knew that i was like working through shit but <laughs> like what the fuck like it, it's there's, there's that and like i was doing that behind closed doors it's not like i was going out in the world and pretending i wasn't angry or anything like that but then you've got the flip side of people and like i joke that you know this is not not everyone in Byron it's just like a stereotype but that like Byron <laughs> stereotype that's like hand on heart and it's like they've bypassed that whole like quote unquote the work stage oh, yes. and they're like so calm and they're so and sometimes like big big trauma can cause people to go straight into this stage right because it's more it's it's too hard to go into it and they've dissociated so much that they go into this airy fairy state of like but you feel that and you feel that something's off like there's a disconnection right yeah yeah and that mm. dissociation to me is floating your consciousness mm -hmm. out of this world like when you dissociate as a child you you um you have imagination and you visualize and you get this really cool connection to source which actually mm. Most people that have been through really big trauma, I've noticed, have a really, really strong connection to infinite God, universe, whatever. Like mm -hmm. they can tap into their into they can tap into everything so well because dissociation for them is like their superpower. But if they get introduced into that spirituality too early, yeah, they just bypass and they go, Oh my God, this is great. This feels amazing. Mm -hmm. And it, and they're validated in it and yeah, it definitely it is a really big problem because most of the time behind closed doors they are struggling because spirituality mm. also has become like an identity, which is funny because yeah. it's supposed to be identityless, but it's actually yeah. become an identity where like they're mm. more spiritual than you and they're more woke than you and they're more enlightened <laughs> than you. And so those people generally are actually they're just they're not actually in their human at all and that most of the time they're not even having fun they're actually not enjoying mm -hmm. their life because there's such a like category of like what they need then they're fitting into this box yes and i love how you've said I, I maybe it was a post or something that you said about like healing is different to spirituality which i think was is so important to talk about because healing like you actually have to feel the shit and like express the rage express like whatever you need to express and that's yeah. different than spirituality right yeah like healing can be spiritual and spirituality mm -hmm. can be healing yes but yeah. they're not the same thing because yeah. healing is like 
that idea of come, becoming whole spirituality mm-hmm. the whole concept is that you already are whole <laughs> so like yeah completely opposing <laughs> yeah that. yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent i love that so much i love like i feel so like i see you as like a bit of a shaman for me because you embody all the parts and like behind the scenes you, you're very committed to you know doing I, I don't know, like the, the cold dips and the body work and then the mind work, but you're also super intuitive and spiritual. But what makes it super, like, I feel safe coming to you because you're also very grounded in reality as well. <laughs> but you also have that spiritual connection and that, that intuition because one or the other, it's just all the pieces are just the, the best. And you've also tried so 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 many things and you're so educated and a lot of would you say that a lot of you because me being obsessed with the work so much came from a lot of pain and a lot of struggle would you say that you um studying all these things and reading all these books and doing this stuff started off as being a thing that came from a lot of pain yeah for sure (laughs) for sure i was like seeking the answers for myself like Mm -hmm. really at the end Mm -hmm. of the day like and that's why i do i often feel like blessed that i've had so much pain because Mm -hmm. it has like it's made me continue to like look for the answers and like how do we deal heal deeper and how do you heal that layer and like so it was for myself in the beginning like I was to figure out how to fix myself like from my own traumas mm-hmm. um so yeah like I definitely think and that's the difference again where I think between doing an online course because you think the healing industry is booming I want to be mm-hmm. a life coach that'd be fun or whatever mm-hmm. versus like people that have actually been through the ringer and mm-hmm. you and I can hold people like it's so funny like I literally I very rarely have people come to me with some sort of pain that I haven't experienced yeah. so I've like, all of those life experiences have helped me to mm-hmm. I've got the knowledge and the skills and I've actually properly healed through things that then I know what to do with people's pain so like I think it's I mean it's a blessing and a curse because most people that have experienced a lot of pain can also be activated by other people's pain so it can yeah keep, it can keep you in it um, mm-hmm. But it also makes you like Bessel van der Kolk, Body Keeps the Score. I went to his two-day workshop this year mm-hmm. and he just said the best healers are the people who've been through trauma because they they know what to do with it. They can feel it. They Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's – I know there's something – it's in my chart. I don't remember what it is, but my human design chart, there's like a line in there that I've got the thing where I have to go through it to be able to – like help others through it do you know your human design i'm a projector oh cool that's one of the rarer ones right yeah yeah Yeah. it's so funny my like human design my star sign my like spirit Mm -hmm. animal in chinese zodiac my like um numerology everything is like born healer born healer yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. what what are your what's your sun moon and rising I have no idea. <laughs> like, your, what's your normal? Your oh, I'm Aquarius, like Aquarius. Aquari- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. It would be interesting to see your whole chart and see if you have that line that is saying, like, you have to go through the ringer to be able to, because Probably. you're like, <laughs> like Probably. blessing and a curse type of shit for sure. You um touched on the thing of, um, 
sometimes, and I know we talked about this when I had my session with you a week ago or whenever it was about kind of, you know, re-traumatizing yourself through acting sometimes. And when you're saying you can get activated again by other people's trauma recently, well, yeah, you recently had a little bit of like a, not a rebrand, but like a brand evolution. Oh, rebrand. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. Are you still the trauma queen? Oh, that's a hard <laughs> question. That's a hard question. In my heart, yes. No, I still am the trauma queen in Aruka. So I've split mm-hmm. Jessica, Jess Ella Ainsworth or whatever and Aruka. So Aruka is um, on a different Instagram account. It's its own modality. And over there, yes, I am 100% the trauma queen. I'm going to be running <laughs> courses on how like, to help people work with complex trauma because working with complex trauma or like complex PTSD is mm-hmm. another ball game than working with just like general trauma. Like it's very, yeah. the brain changes and the way that their brain functions is really fucking different. Like you're dealing with like um like adhd mixed with did dissociative identity disorder multiple personality disorder like really really intense coping mechanisms so still Mm. the trauma queen at heart still educating Mm. over there but in relation to actually working with it myself in my like in my in my home here um with clients no i'm not working with like because i'm i just couldn't i just couldn't hear like rape or mm-hmm. incest or abuse or sexual abuse or like those words i just i just got to the point where i was like and it was actually at vessel van der kolk so mm. he said to me he said to like the group he said in this workshop he said um the tr- for the traumatized person and this is like it's it's so <laughs> he said that the, the traumatized per- for the traumatized person who grew up with like complex trauma mm-hmm. the way that their brain develops is that the part of your brain that is activated when you're doing something that you love, there's a part of your brain that gets activated and it makes you feel that feeling of like, oh, I'm alive. Like you just mm. feel so alive. With the traumatized person who's been through complex trauma in childhood, that part of the brain can only be activated when they relive their trauma. So their brain literally gets programmed that they only feel alive when they're reliving their trauma or going through the same feelings that they went through in that traumatic childhood. They Mm -hmm. don't feel alive when anything good's happening, only when bad is happening. And it's just something that happens to the brain. And I just had this flash moment of like, I might take like a week or two off work or whatever. And my husband, and then I'd get back into it. And I like, my husband would be like, Oh, how was your day back with clients? And I'm like, it's fucking great. I feel so alive. I love this shit. And I was like really excited. And I just thought back to all these moments where I realized I felt so alive when I was talking about all this fucked up shit, mm. not because I was like, yes, I was good at it. Yes. I was helping people. Yes. It was fucking amazing to change their lives and know that I could do that for them. But the reason why my brain was getting so lit up was because of that fucked up part of my brain that had that had mm-hmm. been programmed that way. And so I was like, oh, I, once I learned that, I was like, oh, this, I, this, I can't un- unhear this. I can't unhear this. <laughs> and so that's where I decided education. Like I can educate on it without being activated, mm-hmm. but actually sitting with the person and connecting to their energy and connecting to them and their pain and and sitting there and going, okay, like, what am I going to do with this and how are we going to fix it and being really in it with them? I was like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. That's not me. That's, that's old Jess that wanted to be that person for people, wanted to save people because no one saved me, you know, all of that stuff. I was like, 
I don't want to be that anymore. I want to be the expander. Like I want to be the person that's like, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know, I don't know where this is going, but I want to like, um, as in this video, <laughs> I, want be, I want to be the person that's like, you know, I've been like, I was sexually abused by my dad. I was raped by my dad. I was, um, bullied in school. I was like, I had lost the only friend that I told when I was younger, I've had, an abortion and a molar pregnancy where a tumor grows inside your body and I've had Lyme disease and I've had all these fucked up things, Mm. but that doesn't affect me anymore. I am happy and free and alive and I fucking love life. Mm -hmm. So I would rather be that expander for people to be like, this is what you can be instead of being like, this is my sad Mm. story over and over. Just Mm. If anyone needs to know that it's there and I can, I can show them the way, but I'd rather just be that not be my identity anymore of being, I'm the girl that went through all these things. It's just like, Mm. I'm fucking powerful. That's who I am. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. And just like listening to you talk and seeing that, understanding that I, I'm kind of like hearing it from a lens of like acting as well. I know that. I've gotten that high and that buzz from like re-traumatizing myself through my art or through acting or like sad music and stuff like that. But lately um, I've been, I mean, it, I guess it's, it's, it's just like a journey over the few, like the last few years and stuff like that, but being super intentional with like the energy that I do commit to my craft with and that it's like a clean thing and to be able to access like you can, you can access all your emotions and stuff like that or in, in acting you can access all the like the extremities of emotion without having to dig up all this shit and like re-traumatize yourself to get some sort of like thrill or like going back to that that inner yeah. child state all the time to be able to heal whatever needs to be healed like that kind of stuff um so powerful and it's so so cool that you're kind of yeah wanting to be the expander and and with that um if we touch on trauma i know that a lot of people that um maybe not in this world might hear i know they've heard me talk about trauma and stuff like that and and they're just like oh like i i don't have i don't have any trauma like yeah so you'll still be working with trauma right even if you're doing the more you know, manifest your dream life kind of clients, you're still always going to be touching on trauma. So what is trauma and how does everyone have it? Yeah. So like for me, trauma is like, trauma is a moment in time that is frozen. It's like, it's, you can remember, if you can remember something and you can remember how you felt or you remember something and you feel the emotion of Mm -hmm. that moment, that's a trauma. So whether it's like a kid saying to you, oh, your haircut looks shit and you remember mm. you think about it and you remember feeling sad or whatever, that's a trauma because there's still an unprocessed emotion stuck within that mm. memory, which is stopping you from being able to move forward. To me, a trauma is healed when you can think back to it and be like, oh, what a little shit that kid is. Mm-hmm. But you don't think back to it and feel how you felt. There's no emotion left within the, mo- within the memory. Mm-hmm. So trauma can be anything from, and yes, I will still, I am still working that super super intense scale like I was working with like abductions and like I said mm-hmm. rapes and kidnappings and like yeah. really really intense stuff mm-hmm. um but and you weren't just the, uh, other kind of things, it's like I wasn't 
sorry, that was a question. So when you were working with such extreme cases, were, were you not dysregulated by it at all? I didn't think that I was. Um, mm. I, I didn't feel like I was. I felt really good about it. Um, but I probably was carrying it to a degree. Not so, no, I don't think I was dysregulated by it. Some days I would get activated and I could tell. I'd be like, oh, and I'd be all chaotic. There was a few people that really got to me, but most of the time I was pretty able to just hold it. It was just more about my identity and being yeah. the person that works with that and specializes in that and hearing about it all the time. So it was more... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that like not wanting to, I wanted to prove to myself as well that I'm not using that to feel alive. Like I wanted to find healthy ways to feel alive. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think it's, that's that. Like it's it was it was about identity too. It was really a lot about yeah. identity and not wanting to be, um, yeah, this traumatized person mm -hmm. and not having anything to do with that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, this is a not as extreme thing but i know a lot of like pop artists that identify as like the sad pop girl or like the breakup song and it's like are you always just going to be the sad breakup girl that has shitty relationships like how are you yeah. going to like rebrand and like i don't know and my mom always says to me she's like have you written something happy and i'm like no <laughs> but i'm open to it i'm definitely open to it but for years i was like no i don't want to <laughs> i want to make shadow music dark music yeah but we do we get stuck in one one way of being a one lane especially when it comes to like business when your business is crossing mm -hmm. over with your self like so mm. if I sold soap it would be a little bit different <laughs> but because mm. it's like literally me showing up as me and that is my business and your identity mm. is wrapped within your business it can be really hard because you're like oh fuck I'm changing and I want to change but this is my business and like how do I how do I like mm. I am becoming I like I was I was already someone so different mm. before I started showing up as that person online like I kept trying to be what I'd always been like and in line with that. And then all of a sudden I was like, like all my friends with my, with even just like the colors and the branding and my new imagery and everything, all my friends have been messaging me like, oh, this is so much more you. And it's funny how I didn't know that I wasn't showing up as me until I had that moment. And then I'm like, oh yeah, okay. Like, That's so liberating. And it feels better and you do, and you just like, you just be you on, on social media and you just have fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it gets to be light and playful and fun. Um, that's so cool. So, and I, with the trauma piece as well, even like the memories that, because I know I had a session with you, if we go into that the other week. Yes. And the memory that popped up for me, I've thought about it before. I thought like a few years ago, I think I thought of it for the first time it's not like it was a sad memory or anything. Um, the whole like prodigy thing, right? Yeah. It, it was just some, a moment in time where, I mean, we'll talk about that, but it was a moment in time where I wasn't sad or angry or anything like that, but I made a decision to like go hard and put pressure on myself. Yeah. Well, it was like a moment, right? Where you like observed, Mm. Can I speak about it? Yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> like, yeah. Where you observed like your parents mm -hmm. seeing another child on TV and going, wow, like what a prodigy, like what a yeah. 
amazing child and you decided and this <laughs> it's not trauma but it's it's it mm. is trauma in a way because it needs yeah. to be rectified you decided in that moment at such a young age that's what I need to be like. Like, look at my parents, they're marveling over this person. I want to be that for them. I want them to love me like that. So that's mm. what I need to be. I need to be a child predator. Yeah. It downloads in an instant. It's not even conscious. Yeah. Just boom. And then there goes the rest of your life trying to be a child <laughs> Yeah. Like, and it, that's, that's people live like that. Their whole identity can be wrapped around what they think that they their parents mm. wanted them to be. Yeah. So I... I was already, I mean, I don't know. I don't remember how I was like five to eight years old. I don't remember, but on 60 minutes, there's, there was a prodigy and, um, on, on, yeah, on TV. And I just remember being like, cause I was a smart kid as well. So they had positive expectations on me that weren't very, like there wasn't crazy pressure or anything. Um, but they kind of said, oh, you could, you could be like that. And <laughs> I had that, that's what came in with our, our session the other day, like had put all that pressure on myself because I just remember being so obsessed with even just like the word prodigy and like the idea of being the smartest and the year above and this and that. And you said, so before we got to it though, like we took a bit of time, um, which is why like you're so good at what you do because you can see through any bullshit as well especially when someone is like me is so in their head and and could I could I can sometimes I don't know how do you say it I guess I could sometimes outsmart some people because they might not be looking at it from all the angles so it can be frustrating when I am like looking for help in something but I'm not quite sure but I could give maybe a hundred points here and there yeah but you said we were like talking around and around and then you said one thing and I just fucking broke. <laughs> um, what was that the question about like, are you being a baby or something? Yeah, I think I said something about like, what would happen if you didn't get to be the baby anymore? <laughs> I just Or something it. like that and you're like, I don't want to, no, I think I, no, what I said that made you cry is I said, what would you say if I told you that you need to stop connecting with your inner child and stop doing all the <laughs> child work because you're stuck mm. as in your inner child, like you're mm. stuck in baby phase and you're like, <laughs> I can't, I don't, I don't want to lose her, like I can't not be the baby, I can't not be the child and then you just went on this tangent of like, it works for me here and here and here and I like being the baby and I like being treated like a baby and I was like do you want to be a baby forever <laughs> I love it because oh my god like I love as well that you were kind of like oh I didn't expect this and yes. I feel like a lot of people that know me um they, they might even know me well but if they're not like the top I don't know, like seven people closest to me, they know that I'm, I've got that side to me. It's not that I hide it. It's pretty obvious in my work, in my music, if you see me act or something, but to know that that's such a big part of me, <laughs> it's so funny that you're like, what the hell? I think I literally said to you, I was like, I'm just going to say something and I hope it's not going to be offensive. <laughs> but I just need to ask you, like, I, I feel like maybe you're like stuck as a yeah. child and you're like, yeah yes <laughs> and it melted me because i feel that so so hard and because 
and a lot of like I'll have people come to me and they've never ever connected to the inner child so I'm like really great at doing inner child work with people or shadow work with people and good. <laughs> back there and stuff 100% and like even the other day I went horse riding because like my inner child wanted to and this is the thing like I'm so and I still stand by obviously being so passionate about connecting with your inner child but the problem was like when I asked you was that um I'm I'll still allowed to connect with her but just not let her run the show yeah and I think we talked about like because she is running the show like you're like what do you want for breakfast what do you want to do today what's your big dreams and like <laughs> everything is her you're not actually letting her heal and you're not actually letting yourself move past mm. that stage in your life into adulthood and womanhood mm. because you're still just doing everything that your inner child wants to do so it's like yeah talk to her see her pain mm fix those past memories, heal her, love her. But once she's happy, just leave her there. And I think I said to you, instead of connecting her, connect with your soul, connect with consciousness. Yes, yes. Connect with your higher self. Don't connect with the inner child because that's in the past. That's a yeah. version of you that needs to be healed and loved and tucked away. Mm -hmm. But again, it's like the stages of healing. You need mm. to connect with her for a period of time. And people often don't and they they need six months of fucking deeply connecting with their inner mm. child to heal the inner child, but you don't want to be stuck there. Yeah. And the big painful part for me as well was I've like, I've always wanted to be a rock star and I wanted to quote unquote, make it when I was like 10, 12, 13, like I thought I was too late back then. Right. So the reason for me staying in, staying stuck in my inner child was if I succeed now, she gets to be the prodigy. Right. But if I let her go and step into my 25 year old self and succeed as my 25 year old self, she doesn't get to succeed as a little girl. And that's what was like really hard for me to let go of. <laughs> But the reality is that she wasn't a prodigy and so she already didn't. So she just needs to feel that and heal so that you can become that as an adult. <laughs> You're telling me right now that I'm like, uh. <laughs> I know, yeah. Acceptance, mm. acceptance. <laughs> yeah, that respond and obviously staying in your inner child as well, you get to um, you get to avoid responsibility. You get to avoid like a lot of things. And like, there's that rebellious side of myself and like all these sides that I get to play out and these shadows that I get to like dance with. Um, <laughs> so I can find healthier ways to dance with those aspects of myself that, um, support me, especially with all my creative endeavors and projects it's like a baby going to a meeting or a baby going in a relationship which makes sense that with men i'm a fucking baby and i can't even like it just made so much sense so many levels because i was reflecting <laughs> afterwards i'm like i can't even and i i think i told you this one but lots of different ones came in my mind like when my friends are like oh yeah my partner i'm like partner i'm like but don't you mean boyfriend like it seemed too mature like certain mature things didn't trigger me but i'm just like why like why are you it being a grown up yeah. Pardon? it felt weird it was like oh yeah because in my head i'm just a baby and then <laughs> it's so funny and i was even i was telling dad last night because someone asked me out the other week and they're probably like 30 and i remember just thinking <laughs> what the hell but i'm 25 that's actually not that weird <laughs> but in my brain i'm like huh like aren't i a little young <laughs> I, don't know. 
Um, you said you've done like what I had over 700 clients or 700 sessions and you yeah. were saying that this has never <laughs> come up for anyone. I mean, people, yeah, people like are stuck in the pain, like their inner child is, they haven't accessed it. So they're still experiencing the pain, but I've never experienced someone who has, it's constantly checking in with their inner child and she's happy and she's having fun, but she's like actually running the show in a positive mm -hmm. way. It was always more in a negative way. Like something could go wrong for them and they'd have a temper tantrum because their inner child wasn't healed. Mm -hmm. Right. But for you, it was like, you were like kind of consciously aware of it. You're like, I'm connecting with her. She's running the show. She's calling mm -hmm. the shots. I'm asking her what she wants every day. And like, I hadn't mm -hmm. seen it taken to that mm -hmm. level, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I will balance it a lot because I was mentioning to you how I'm starting a clothing brand and like I'd ask her because I access a lot in dream state. So I feel like sometimes, I, I mean, it might sound, I don't know, it might sound fucked up, whatever, but I might <laughs> ask her like, what do you want to design? And she's like, oh, I want like, stripey long socks or something like she loves and I'm like oh I'm gonna follow that um but maybe maybe I've gone too far other dream ways. state is your soul dream state's conscious. okay that yeah you really need to that won't always just be her that can be like soul guidance so if I'm accessing a lot from dream state in in terms of like creative direction which happens a lot for songs and and other things like that and I things come through that might say example the stripy socks thing i thought that was an inner child direction like coming from her because she always she i always wore long stripy socks when i was like eight years old i was obsessed with them i still have them blah 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 so if i get that through dream state is that my soul connecting to my are they all just together party when you say dream state do you mean like meditation state or like in an actual dream in theta no, I mean actual dreams. Like I'll wake actual up dreams, yeah. in stream yeah. of consciousness. Yeah. Well, your dreams, your dreams is your subconscious, like communicating mm. with you, but it's also yeah. like it is also connection to source because you're in the theta theta wave. So you're like accessing consciousness, accessing your soul. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that that's like it is a probably a combination of everything, but maybe mm. your soul liked it when you were six because your soul just likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But a new child thing. It's just like that's just a you thing. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and and, and I definitely like do. You might be wearing stripy socks till you're ninety. <laughs> no, I still do wear them, and that's another good point that you made. I like how I was saying that lately. If I'm, you're like just be like, oh yeah, that's painful right now as you now. Like yes. how I was saying, I was upset about. I was you know reparenting myself through something I was upset about, and I hand on heart connected to her and was like you're okay but you were kind of like well wh why isn't why is it about her like why can't you just be upset and I'm like oh is that a way of me to continue to almost dissociate sometimes and connect to her and heal her feelings what if it's just like my current 25 year old self's feelings <laughs> yeah yeah for sure yeah that's productive at a certain point again but mm. yeah we can take things too far and we can get like hooked onto one idea instead of like kind of using it and moving through it mm -hmm. that's, that's pro pro probably what's happened like it's yeah and and it also is it's a way to bypass because if you're placing it back there you're like oh my poor inner child instead of being like fuck this sucks for me right now yeah it is it's that yeah way. It's, it's, yeah way to bypass and be like oh like 
it's okay to act out because you're upset and you didn't get your needs met. And it's like, well, how about I'm 25? <laughs> yeah, what about I'm 25 right now and I'm upset and then I acted out and like I need to take responsibility and move through that and, and not like you do talk about the healing trap and how it's addictive and just like going round and round and round. I can let it go, let her play whatever and, and continue to move as a grown up. Which sucks. The healing trap is very addictive, yeah. And it's and it's that and at some point it starts to become like a validation of the fact that you're still not fixed and that you'll never be fixed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because like and, and and an identity thing of like, oh, what do you focus on or who are you if you're not doing all of this work? It's yeah. an attachment thing. Um, I have a couple of like questions to end with that are just a bit more fun. Oh, actually, I have one one more question that popped up this morning. I was listening to something, and I have a bit of a different opinion around boundaries, and I'd love to get your take on it. Uh, I was listening to something about because um, I like I love the way that you lead, and I love the way that you you can tell you actually really care about what you do and and things like that. And I was listening to someone's take on boundaries and around who they spend their time with. And I'm pretty selective with things, but I don't know, I kind of have a different opinion. Just being like hyper selective around who you hang out with and people that are draining and stuff like that. What's your take on that before I give my opinion or anything? I uh, I always answer with completely polarizing things. Mm, yeah. It's just the way that my brain works, I guess, or the way that I am. There's two parts. I can be around anybody. Mm. I can be in situations with anybody. I don't feel like I have boundaries to the point where I can't be around certain people. There's people that I'm aware mm. are not my people, but I can still mm. be around them because I mm. actually do have this acceptance Mm-hmm. and understanding and love for everybody but when it comes to like my time so mm. I'm, i am very cautious of where i'm investing mm-hmm. investing my time and who i want and i don't it, it's mm-hmm. only probably in the last year that i've really got to the point where i'm like if it's if it's not feeling good for me mm-hmm. and they're not reci- it's not reciprocated and mm-hmm. like the work, the work that I do, it can be really difficult too because I have a lot of friends that become clients or clients that have become friends. Yeah. Um, it can become a relationship where it's all take and there's no, and it's always like asking me for advice and things like mm. that. So um, I've been really in the last year, like quite really direct about who I spend mm. my time with and I've um, ended friendships, like let people kind of fall mm. out of my life and really have a really, really strong, small group of people that I invest mm. my time and energy into. Mm. Um, but yeah, but in general, like I'll still go to, to events where there's people that mm. are my kind of people and I can, I can, I can literally like, cause some people are like, oh, you know, that's not my scene. That's not my yeah. scene. I don't like doing that sort of thing. I don't like being there, but I could like, like I like went out with a girlfriend the other night and like did something that was totally not my scene, but had so much fucking fun. Cause I just was like, cool. Everyone's just living their life. And I'm literally like, I, yeah. can, I can be, I don't feel like I um, have an issue around being around toxic people or being around mm. people that are a certain way, but I am really specific about who I spend my time with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And what I was, yeah, I love those answers. What I was really thinking about is like not even people that are toxic, but when you want to 
be like, obviously everyone wants to be around subconscious expanders. If you're creating new beliefs and stuff like that. And sometimes it can be triggering to be around people. They're not even toxic, but say if it's like around like money mindset or something like that, it's like, sometimes maybe it's good to still be around that because you're just strengthening your own beliefs. It doesn't mean that they're toxic just because these people aren't got this elevated mindset. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't have them in your, in your vicinity. Like there's people yeah. that you love and your family, your friends, like for life or whatever. And they're not necessarily growth orientated and, and, and doing all this like work. It, it's still just chill. Like you can still be around them. And people get into that spiritual superiority. So yeah. That, like, um, oh, like I can't be around them because they've got money issues or they're always complaining about their relationship yeah. or whatever, because it's like, I'm better than that now. And so yes. it's into that superior state. Whereas I feel like I did go through those phases. I'm not going to lie. Like there was phases where mm -hmm. I was like, oh my God, how do people live like this? And oh, I can see all the trauma and blah, blah, blah. And then I got to the point where I just was like, I just witness it and I just be like, oh, that's a money, yeah. story. that's a money story or whatever. But it's not like, oh, I can't be around those sort of people or that's bringing mm -hmm. me down or whatever. It's just kind of like, that's a them thing. And yeah. I just kind of witness it and it's like not that I'm not better than them. They're not better than me. They're just doing their thing and I'm doing my thing. And you just kind of get mm -hmm. to that, that in-between phase. But when you're doing the work, it can be difficult because there's so much information of like, you are the top five people you surround yeah. yourself with. And like, yeah. I mean, there is a lot to be said about who you're constantly spending your time with. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I like to, with the top five people, I agree, but I also think it's about the top five people that you consume. So as long as I'm consuming, like m the majority of the stuff I'm consuming is where I want to go, then I don't mind if I'm working on my wealth fr frequency and it might be shaky. And then I hang out with a friend that maybe has poor money um, beliefs because there's opportunity for me to observe. And if it triggers me, then like, that's a me thing. And for me to strengthen my own beliefs, instead of being like, well, in this time where I'm healing this shit, I can't be around anyone. It's, it's like, what the hell? Like you're acknowledging you have the problem yourself, but then saying that you can't be around the people that are experiencing the problem. Like, because yes, if you were really over it, it would be, it's like Ram exactly. Randas in his documentary, yes. he says like, yeah. I would get so high and I would be this, in this blissful state mm. of meditation. And then I would go back to my family for Christmas. Mm. And I'd be like, I can't be here with these people in the city. It's too busy. And mm. be like, it's all these things. I can't live that way when really like he should have, he was like, I should have been able to bring that calm and that peace if I had to properly healed into the city and into the chaos and I can be that calm in the storm. Mm. It doesn't really matter what's going on around you. You're so centered and grounded and you know what you know that it doesn't really matter what's coming at you. That's obviously the ideal place that you want to be, which most people aren't. They say that they're above something so that they're yeah. superior, but then they're still triggered by it. So then they just remove those people from their life, but they actually still have the problem. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's like that saying um, of if you think you've healed, like go and spend a week with your family. And I love that so yes. much because it's it's so humbling. And it's like, yeah, some people might be like, oh, my my family, I'm just so above <laughs> my family. I don't know. I, I get it 100% because I've, I yeah, like I've been through those stages where everything was ultra triggering. But now I'm like, okay, I actually kind of want to test myself here and there if I'm around that mentality and if I 
am like, you know, triggered by it or if I'm just observant of it and able to be neutral about it because the people that really have transcended those behaviors or beliefs or whatever, they're just like, oh, okay. Like it's an energy of like compassion and like neutrality, right? Yeah, you can hold it. Like it's, and I, I don't like the word holding space, but mm. like holding an emo- holding emotion or holding is different to holding space. I think it's like if mm. someone's projecting in their, yeah. oh, this is shit and that's shit. If you can leave and still feel really good and be like, I just sat there and listened for them and you can leave feeling really mm. good and you know that you have, you've got, you're doing the work, like you're feeling good. Yeah. Whereas if you're, you ha- if you're around people and then they're saying all this shit and then you leave and you feel shit and you're like, mm. oh, and then you are starting to think about all the things that they said and you're taking it on, you know, that you haven't actually done like that solid work. And yeah. Yeah. I can relate to that with like disordered eating. I wouldn't be around. I wouldn't be able to handle any of that kind of talk. But now I feel like love for it and I understand it and I'm not trying to change it. Whereas before it would just be like, oh, I have to, I have to help. I have to fix. I have to teach. I have to, I'm just triggered. I can't even hear it. Or this is going to be bad for me. Um, Super triggering. Yeah. That was me me with trauma. hmm. If someone would like talk about something that they were struggling with, I would straight away be like, oh, you should do like, and I would want to fix it. Whereas now, like, I don't even tell, I don't really will tell people, especially new people, what I do for work. I'll just listen to them and be like, mm. interesting. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. then I'll just, I'll just leave it. Like there's no, yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. There's no attachment to that. <laughs> yeah. Like even like defending the knowledge, like around manifestation where people don't believe in it. It's like, I don't have it. I I, I can't have an hour conversation right now. Um, That's like social media. Like the bigger you grow, the more you get like certain people that I have people that are like, oh, I, you know, I don't agree with this and like write on my posts and stuff. And I literally just got to the point where I'm like, you don't have to agree with everything you read on the internet. Hmm. Yeah. You don't have to agree with me. You don't have to agree with everything you read on the internet. Like, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're telling me that you don't agree with me. Like, it just doesn't. It just doesn't affect you anymore. Whereas in the past, I would be like, Oh my god, someone read something on my post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Um, I have a, a a few quick questions that I just wanted to ask. A bit of fun cues. The first one is, what are? I mean, it's kind of broad, but what are you manifesting? Like, what's your next? What's your next thing? I am manifesting so hard at the moment, speaking at Seven Sisters Festival. Ooh. You've seen Seven Sisters? Yeah, so it's like thousands of women. I had a, um, like I used to have a raw treats business back in the day. I've had so many businesses. <laughs> um, I had a raw treats business like before raw treats was like a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sold them at Seven Sisters Festival. And I remember looking up at the stage and being like, one day I'm going to be speaking on that stage. So I applied, that was like seven years ago seven years ago, eight years ago, eight. And I applied and it, the application's coming out soon. So I'm so manifesting, standing on stage, speaking to thousands of women about empowerment and just about from, you know, taking their pain, like my life story to where I've got to, like just inspiring. That's my next thing's podcast, just speaking. I just love mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. If you were to do something else, like work-wise, what would it be? Like, I did, <laughs> I just couldn't. I just literally couldn't. Like, I literally. That's why I asked you this. I know. I just, like, <laughs> I've like thought about it before. I'm like, what would I do if I wasn't doing this? Because I used to be that person that like, I'd be in a job 
or I'd have a business and then I'd be like, oh, this isn't quite right. Like, and I'd be like on sick and I'd be like, oh, maybe I'll be like a gardener. I'd love to be outside all the time. And I'd go through all these different careers and these different, like I've done so many different jobs. And like for the last however many years I've been doing this, there's just no, like there is just no part of my brain. Like I can see myself 90 and I'll still be seeing one-on-one -on -one people. Like I just couldn't, I would have never stop. And I just can't imagine doing anything else but it. Like I just, there's no, there's nothing else that my soul wants to do. I can see you as being like a 90 year old, like so wise. medicine woman, like witch kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like drums and like, yeah. Oh, who knows what, how fucking wild I'll be by then. But <laughs> no, I'm literally, I wish I had a better answer, but I actually just can't. Like I can only see myself expanding on what I do. Like yeah. event, like my own like massive events, maybe one day, like mm. high vibe, like healing events with like, like, like seven sisters, but me planning because I have an events background. Yes. Um, or like, yeah, and I'm doing groups and things like that, but like all in the same vicinity, all within the same business. Like I just can't ever see myself doing anything different. I think okay. about it and I'm like, what would I do for a job if I had to get a job? And I'm like, yeah, I just wouldn't. <laughs> so I can't squeeze an answer out of that one. No, I mean, I'm so curious what you'd say. I'm like, maybe animals, maybe, I don't know. The only other thing actually that I would, that I would do if I like, and I would probably, I'm probably going to do it one day anyway, like side by side, mm. but I would want to open like a healing center where that's not just like, mm. work, but like ice, like hot and cold, yeah. like yeah. ice baths and saunas and like supplements and like a mini health food shop, like, cause yeah. I with health and all those sorts of things as well. So I would do, and if I had to have a job, I would probably work at, at like the local health food shop or something like that. Yeah, I, I could see you having like your own private sea with like the the ice baths, saunas, yeah. and everything in between. Yeah, um, and then like consulting rooms for healing, and like a big room for groups. Like, yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Last two questions: What's your biggest strength? And what's your biggest weakness? Mm, I have a hair in my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my biggest strength, they're the same thing. My biggest <laughs> strength is my mind. Yeah. I like, I can have a thought and be like, ooh, I don't want that thought. And I can, <laughs> I can literally just get rid of it. Like I have such strong control over my mind. Mm. Uh, but it's my biggest weakness in that I like, often do that and then I'm like bypass feeling so mm. my biggest weakness would be probably that I in the part well I'm doing it now though so I was kind of transitioning out of it but the weakness would be that I don't like listen to my body yeah and so this year like only the last four months probably I've been like hell-bent on stop listening to your mind to start listening to your body like stop checking mm. in with your thoughts and start checking in with like your fucking pulse and are you sweating and how's your nervous system going do you need to do a reset so that's probably yeah like in in like myself also i think like strength like i i was born i i don't think it's i was born with like this thing of like I don't, I can't give up. Like I don't give up. Like, you yeah. know, some people are like, oh, I'm scared to fail. I'm like, but why? You just try again. Like I've yeah. always had that mentality. Mm. So there's no like. That's the best mentality to have. Yeah. Yep. And then I guess, yeah. Yeah. And then weakness. Cause I feel like that was a cop out weakness is like not feeling my emotions. Cause I'm sort <laughs> of doing that. 
but weakness um oh, it's so hard I feel like I don't feel like I love that you're like I don't know I'm just <laughs> at, the moment, at the moment in life like I'm literally like probably like business wise would be selling okay yeah yeah I hate selling like mm. I'm like come to my breath work and I post it once and then I'm like people will know but mm. like you have to talk about things a lot for people to know and I just I just hate selling and just like oh people will just come but then mm. they actually have to do it so mm. weakness is definitely like that selling selling piece it's like yeah I can't wait for breath work that's that's my focus as well it's just the the body connection feeling because I, I can analyze it very quickly I'm not afraid to dive into it write about it blah 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 but lately I'm like yep breath work I, I know you're so committed to the ice bath sauna all the stuff and yeah breath work really gets me into my body I just I turn into the the fairy the airy fairy yes. grounded but grounded yeah, no, breathwork is like, that's why I am doing that fortnightly group now because mm. I'm like, there's people that have done all the analytical brain work, um, but they've, emotions are always going to build up because we're human or there's always going to be more to feel. And so I was like, there needs to be this outlet where, and because that's what I need. I was like, okay, I need somewhere that like, I don't need to keep working on my mind all the time, but I need somewhere that I can go like once a fortnight, once a month where I can yeah breathe and scream and cry and like get it all out and then just go back on my merry way <laughs> yeah and the amazing thing about breath work is if you've never done it like the first few sessions might be like you know detoxing heaps of shit but when you have a consistent practice it you get to euphoria you, you, pardon euphoria like you yeah yeah like you get past that and you have like the the plant medicine type experiences but also it it kind of what's the word it, it balances out so not every experience is this hectic thing yeah. because you, you're keeping it in for so long it, you just get to be regulated in a in a more i know i'm losing my words but no, i totally know what you mean my breathwork instructor actually like the teacher said to me that a lot of people, again, we're talking about this spectrum. A lot of people mm. then find breathwork so amazing that they get addicted to breathwork, but they get addicted to emoting as yeah. they like, they want the intensity and they want to scream and they want to cry. And then sometimes that doesn't come yeah. and then they think that they didn't have a good breathwork session. Whereas breathwork can also be like a spiritual journey. You can feel joy and love and bliss in your heart opening up and it's a great, beautiful experience to breathe in that way, but they're so addicted to the pain that the breath work is just another way for them to do that. And so like you get addicted to that em emoting or like yeah. an emotion. So yeah. That was me addicted to the high and the release and like the extreme emotions. But then, yeah, like last night I had like an hour practice and it wasn't this, it, I, I didn't even cry, but I, I felt the buzz and I've levitated above my body and stuff like that. And it's so cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love breathwork. Love it. Well, Actually, yeah. Sorry. I need, to, I need to have someone else to run it. Like, yeah. So then you can do <laughs> it. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for this. This was so amazing. I will put everything in the show notes of yeah, how to get to Jess, how to get to Aruka, and then yeah, breathwork as well. If you're on the peninsula, I'll be there. I can't freaking wait. Yes. Yay. Me too. Next Wednesday. Woo. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for asking me and chatting and it's been fun. My pleasure.